0: Hello, welcome back to China Manufacturing Decoded from the Sophist Group. It's early in 2024, so we'd like to wish you a very happy new year here in the new year uh, of one of our first podcasts of the new year as well. I'm Adrian, and Andrew is joining me on this one again today. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Adrian. Good to be here again. Yeah, nice to have you on uh, again. As I said, one of the first of 2024. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Last year passed
1: very fast.
0: <laughs> they always do, don't they? They always do. We we got to Christmas and I was like, whoa, it's already Christmas. And now here we are. But uh, I think both of us can say we're looking forward to Chinese New Year as well. That's going to be interesting.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure.
0: Mm. So... A good topic for early in the new year, actually, this is coming from, because we were talking about our customers who are often working with us at Agilion Technology, which is our contract manufacturing subsidiary in the group, and these are often, you know, sort of like SMEs, medium-sized businesses, perhaps oftentimes, even up to large businesses, who are, developing and bringing their new product to market so they're looking to do the product development going from the concept through to the prototyping and everything that's needed to make sure that it's reliable compliant etc etc through to the mass production which is literally putting it all together in the on the factory floor and then you know getting it all packed up and shipped out and So this is something, of course, that we can do in-house in our facility. But when we're working with these customers, sometimes they're asking us, well, what do we need to know? What, what's, you know, what, what sort of things are gaps in our knowledge? What are things that we really need to look out for? So with that in mind, you're going to share today, aren't you, Andrew? Some of the sort of key points that you need to know about and actions you you need to take before you take your new product into production.
1: Yeah, that's right, Adrian. There are a lot of tasks that need to be done in order to take a product to production. And more often, you know, either some of our customers are not quite let's say, informed about it or don't have much experience about it and or sure. forget about it. And it's simply forgetting about it, you know, dealing with, let's say, with another manufacturer and design another design team. And then they come back to us and all of a sudden we find out all kinds of issues. And then they have to either get into the design and redesign it and or improve the design to be able to, Actually, go to production. So, one mm. of the things that I think is is worth focusing about is design and development phase. You know, sometimes called uh, MPI. You know, new product introduction mm-hmm. phase. Yeah, this is really the most important part or phase of the whole development. So, basically, this is the phase that you know you start with the concept idea and the concept design and basic requirements that. Let's say the entrepreneur and or a mid-sized company, they already have an idea of what they're going to design. Sometimes they have a mock up, sometimes they don't, but at least maybe they have some schematics design, uh, and maybe some uh you know initial prototype, breadboarding, something, so that it's easy for the manufacturer to to know what is it that, that this product is going to do. Uh maybe some uh like a what we call product requirements document, a user manual, something that kind of describes form factor, shape, and function of the product, size of the product, maybe some material that the product needs to be built with, some of the key requirements that are important, for example, waterproof, or certain paint or certain metals that need to be used, or maybe even, for example, durability wise, you know, it has to withstand certain weather. Uh, we had recently a, a company that we were shocked and surprised that they wanted to operate a product at minus 40 degrees C, uh, in completely valid product. But you know, you can just imagine, uh, what kind of problems you run into if you have a battery uh, portable product that has to withstand um, minus forty degrees C? You know, most most batteries, as you know, have a tough time operating mm. at temperatures. So that's what I'm trying to say is that it's very very critical for knowing what it is that you're trying to uh, produce uh, and take to production and have all those requirements basically documented, we really get all kinds of customers. We have some customers that are almost extremely detailed to a point that it becomes actually, you know, kind of hard to um manage too much information early on. And then we have some customers that have zero information. They don't even exactly know what it is that they want to build. So we deal with all of those and, and that's why uh it makes us a little bit better let's say, manufacturer, because we have such a wide experiences dealing with all sorts of customers, all sorts of products. And then we do the, the entire thing from end to end, you know, from design, development, testing, reliability, compliance. We do it all.
0: Mm. You can check out our uh, website at uh, Agillian Technology. You just got to search that and learn more about what we do uh, from a sort of development and assembly point of view right and i mean this is uh, as i said often the customers that we get do ask us about well what do i need to know so that's number one and so if you're in that situation if you're thinking of bringing a new product to market in 2024 what's the second one andrew
1: well yeah so that is just the initial and most important part so you, you you got the product and number one, we talked, we discussed. So you you got the product, you know what you want to build, you got the requirements, and you give all that to the manufacturing. Now the manufacturing is going to number two, get into actually designing this product, prototyping this product, and then making it come to life and actually functionally testing. This is the meat of the meat of the entire development you're going to make or break the product and your idea is going to come alive in this phase. This is where uh, all your dreams, if you were a, you know, entrepreneur and um, and it is going to come true because you're, you're actually going to see your product uh, become a reality. Your idea become a reality and, and it's actually functioning and and, and doing what you were thinking or dreaming about doing. And then, mm-hmm what is important is that if you're dealing with a manufacturer that doesn't really have or good experience on product development process all they need to do honestly is just miss one step you know let's say for example they didn't do the reliability testing right at the right time well what's going to happen is that you're not going to identify the issues related to durability and reliability And that's it. You're going to go to production with all kinds of issues and not know it until your product is shipped. That Mm. is good. This is where we add value because we know from experience exactly when you're supposed to do your reliability testing. For example, the initial reliability testing. And then when you're supposed to be doing your final reliability testing. And along along, along this way, You can't really do reliability testing unless you understand functional testing and you have documentation and and testing procedures and testing equipment that actually validate that your function is exactly what the specification says. Now Mm -hmm. you have to go and validate this functionality under various different kind of environment that the product is going to be used in, you know, use case environment. And and that alone is going to bring out all kinds of other issues just due to different scenarios of environments. So there there are a lot of complex uh, processes that your product needs to go through. And it's critical that you deal with a manufacturer that really understands not only your product, but also understands and knows and has experience making products, building products, designing products, testing the products and taking them to basically compliance labs that know what they're doing. They're not going to rob you with uh, lots of compliance costs, uh, testing costs. For example, if you want the product to be UL approved, FCC approved, we know how to deal with all of those issues. And in this number two, we're talking about really taking your product to next level design and development completed. And now you have to go through all kinds of testing to make sure you are ready for pre-production, which will be number three. Yeah. And so as we speak about ending your, uh, let's say MPI process, number two, we just discussed, you probably want to, make sure that all your specifications for your designs, basically design is locked in and final specifications, final features are validated. And then you have done not only final functional testing to validate everything, but also final reliability testing that validates the design, the development, the functionality, uh, everything that how the product should be uh, operating in different environments and so on. And then compliance. This is where you do your compliance and now you are ready for mass production. However, mm. you can't just jump in and do mass production. You really need to do a couple of important things, right? One of them is, let's say you have a huge volume in mind. You know, like let's say you're going to run 100,000 or 500,000 and up in volumes well a lot of times in these kind of situations maybe maybe one line is not enough and you probably need two or three or four production lines to set up well typically you set up one initial line they call it either pre-production line sometimes they call it pilot run line And and so really what it is is production readiness line, meaning that you're testing and you're setting up that product for mass production. And in doing so, of course, you're checking everything. You're, You're setting up your assembly process. You're making sure that you're timing assembly process. You're timing each assembly operator you're writing their work instructions, uh, standard uh, operating procedures (SOPs). So you, you're you're planning for a whole bunch of production line items, in, including, for example, what kind of production equipment do you need? Like how many pick and place machines you need, how many soldering machines you need, where do you need those? Uh, are they calibrated or not? And then what kind of testing? equipment testing machine or, or automated testing machine or you need cameras for example on the line so all of these needs to be uh, need to be planned way ahead of time and then set it all up and then run your initial pilot pre-production test and this is where you're going to find out all the bugs in the production in the initial production line once those bugs are resolved and corrected, then you finalize and you document and finalize your final production line process. And then once you've done that, then you can go ahead and you're ready to duplicate and move from one line to two lines and then three lines and so on. And as your production increases, you keep adding uh, as, as necessary. Uh, mm. This is really, really important process.
0: Okay, so on to the fourth point now. Then, so final reliability testing.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So, I think the critical thing at the at the phase, you know, just before pre production, is to lock in the design, do final reliability testing, and if you have a good and reliable, let's say prototype you could even do compliance testing with that but if you mm-hmm. have to choose or don't trust until you have a production unit yeah you could actually send the first production unit that passes everything and then you can you can send that one for compliance but compliance testing is critical and uh the sooner you do it the better it is and usually you want to do it before you set up your production line in case you have to make modification to design, or changes to production. And the way you want to do that is that you want to do it right after the final validation and final reliability testing so that uh, basically that reliability testing validates that the product is operating within the reliability goals and within the specification of the product, usability, and so on. And so that is the critical part uh, of mm. that that whole process. Mm -hmm. One one other thing that I think is worth mentioning here is that you want to make sure that when your design is locked in, your bill of materials uh, are also locked in. With the exception of maybe second sourcing for uh, cheaper uh, sources and uh, maybe better parts at at cheaper cost, Uh, you can continue doing that, but you have to make sure that your second source... Uh, components and second source suppliers are all approved, uh, not only, uh, by the de- design, by, by the purchasing team, but also by the design team. More, most often what happens is that the supply team finds a cheaper part and they just ship it and directly to production and production is not aware and they start using the part. And engineering has no idea where this part came from. Uh, and uh, if you talk to purchasing, the purchaser will say, hey, everything looks exactly the same, uh, the same exact specification. The truth is, the specification might be perfect, except the fact that the tolerances are different in the design. And the uh, design team might have actually designed it for a tighter tolerance. And even though uh, the part is meeting this spec, but it's a wider tolerance. It may not actually work. Well, this mm. actually happened to me before. Uh, and it's a very, very important thing that uh, all parts need to be reviewed and at least a uh, small sample size need to be tested and validated before going for a higher volume on those parts. So I think it's, uh, is, is, critical that the materials are finalized, then the tooling and manufacturing is validated. This this I'm talking about uh the tooling uh of the like if plastic parts or molds or uh, any kind of uh metal parts, anything that needs to do some molding, all of those need to be validated, the process needs to be all clearly defined. And agreed within different teams, timelines, and so on. And then, once uh, the manufacturing is set up, everything pretty much in order and ready to go. Mm. Uh, I one one thing that a lot of people may not know. Uh, or if they don't have a manufacturing experience is that (laughs) once the manufacturer pushes the button it go, they can't stop because if they do um, you're losing money and Mm. guess who's going to pay that? Uh, Some of it is going to be from uh, manufacturing us. And some of it is going to be from uh, suppliers and some of it is going to be from customer all because somebody in that process caused uh, the issue and that's why you have to do stop line. Maybe our team made a mistake, which we hope never, although it happens once in a while. It's a human error. And then it could also be from supplier side. You know, they could all of a sudden delay the part coming in. Uh, it could also be from uh customer side or design team. Uh, mm. I mean, you never know when it could happen. So that's why uh, PMs have a critical role in this process because they need to coordinate the entire process and make sure everyone is ready to go to production. And then when, before you go to production, you have to double check, have several meetings and, and make sure everyone pretty much agrees. Okay. On this day, on that time, we're going to kickstart to production. So yeah. the next thing that I think is important and probably the final thing right now, uh, mm-hmm is making sure that your mass production is set up right. And that includes all kinds of machinery and uh, equipment and testing equipment. And all of those need to be calibrated. All, all of them need to be set up right, loaded with the right components. And basically, you know, you're tracking, for example, in terms of quality, in terms of uh assembly in terms of tracking the yields, uh you know, end of the day, in terms of tracking the quality, in terms of incoming inspection, outgoing inspection, AQL, a whole bunch of tasks that need to take place during the beginning of the production and ending the production. All mm. of those and also <laughs> this is uh, the last part is post production you know you you ship the product did you do any kind of shipping test to make sure that your product during the vibration such as for example ISTA 2A test that we do all the time for our uh, pro- uh, our customers then you wouldn't have the issues of dead on delivery right you've heard that before uh and that happens a lot because they do everything right in production but except shipping tests and a lot of issues happens at the end. So we'll probably do another podcast on logistics, shipping and um, you know, all kinds of issues that could come up post production. But right now I think we will just end it there.
0: Great. Okay. That's a quick rundown of some of the key points that you need to know and actions you need to take before you're taking your new product into production. And I think, I think we can just reiterate that if you're working with a uh, manufacturer or hopefully a manufacturer that can also help you develop the product with you know their own in-house engineers who are you know expert in the um types of products that you're trying to bring to market you personally probably don't need to do all of these things but as the customer as the as the organization that's bringing the product to market you need to have an awareness of what's important, right, Andrew? And I think that's what we're getting at today.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that, honestly, right now with what's happening between uh, you know the global uh, economic and uh, geopolitical situation that we have, a lot of uh, customers can't go to China so easily. So mm. what do is that they depend on us to do just about everything for them
0: yeah but in case you don't have a grounding in you know the different for example phases of the new product introduction process at least if you have an understanding of what needs to be happening you know that the project is on track regardless of who you're working with and i think that's the key that's uh, you know key knowledge isn't it
1: and that is the most important thing because there there are a lot of our customers that they have let's say they didn't know this and they went mm-hmm a manufacturer and manufacturer said, yeah, you want this design? We can do it. Mm -hmm. And they designed and they gave it to them. And they were like, Oh damn, what I do now next, you know, this they stuck. they get stuck. And now in order for them to continue with the same supplier, supplier that, that that same manufacturer takes advantage of them. In our case, it's not like that. We know what we try to understand right at the beginning, what it is that they want to, build, what they want to do with it, you know, what is their end goal? And we try to help them with a whole bunch of uh, ideas and the processes. And we we basically take them by hand and take them all the way through the process.
0: Mm, and it's and it's pay to play. So, you know, basically exactly. uh, when, when people work with us, with uh, Agilion, to be precise, because we're talking more about Agilion as part of the group today, Uh, unlike some Chinese manufacturers or maybe from other countries as well, you know, as you've mentioned, you ask them to do something and they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. But if they've put in in an investment to do that work, they might not bill you, but they're going to make the money back somehow, right? And that could be they might turn around and say, well, we've developed this product, so this actually, this IP belongs to us, for example, then you've lost control. Or, well, we need to increase the cost of your unit price now because of, you know, and they might give different reasons, material costs have gone up, et cetera, et cetera. But what they're actually trying to do, they're actually trying to claw back some money. And all of these things, they really constitute a loss of control for the customer. And I think what you're saying is, you know, when you're working with a contract manufacturer like Ajillian specifically, but other contract manufacturers probably quite similar as well in some ways, you basically, you've got your project you pay for it, the work happens, and then it belongs to you, right? There's not, uh, there's no hidden ways to hook you in or to try to, you know, pad out prices and things like that.
1: Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Uh, everything we do is complete, uh, with complete transparency to our customers. They know exactly what they're getting into it. There's no hidden agenda here. Um, and at any time, they can change their mind or, uh, you know, Go from thousand units to five hundred thousand units. will support them at any time.
0: Yeah, and so get that basis of knowledge going. You know, understand the MPI process. We've got a good graph actually, and I'll include that in the show notes, which really uh, walks you through the different phases of the MPI process, which is basically going to be you know your product, your product project, taking it from concept to mass production. Uh, and a way to visualize that, you know, get an understanding. So regardless of who you're working with, you understand what are they supposed to be doing? What is going to be best for me? Are they missing something important? Should I be asking them about this? Well, that's the knowledge that we're trying to share today, Andrew. And as you said, we can go into more detail about some of these topics as we go along in 2024. Because one thing's for sure, I'm sure you'll be back on the podcast soon.
1: Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much for this time.
0: Great. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back as normal next week with another podcast. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophies Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfilment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at that's sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.